The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, Ambar Garcia, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, December 10th, 2020, season 16, episode number 77. Welcome to the latest edition of The Break, presented by Geico, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. When I say live from the SWBC Mortgage Studio at the Star, I mean me, Nick, and Amber are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. (laughs) It is good to have everybody back in. Dave's not here, but that's beside the point. We won't worry about that right now. Where is Dave? (laughs) And I think we just lost him on WebEx on top of that. But oh. I do think that uh, that we do – I do know that we got the three of us here together, and it feels good to be all back in. I'm wearing my mask, but that's okay. <laughs> I talk too loud anyways. Hey, so. baby steps here. Yeah, baby steps. Yeah. You got to get comfortable with the idea you're in the same room with me and Nick. That's a problem. But, you yeah. know, we'll, we'll work that out, and we'll see how that goes over time. And maybe in another two or three months, maybe after we all get vaccines, we can take the masks off. Who knows? How's everybody doing today? What? I'm rolling up my what? sleeve. Let's go. I won't be you ready first. for it. Like, I won't be first me. in line, obviously. But but right. whenever, whenever it is my turn, I'm whenever ready it's go. available. And I'm a person that absolutely hates needles. Didn't know I that. Hate needles. Yeah. Like I mean, like literally, when I know I have to get a shot or give blood for like days before, I have a knot in my stomach. Like that's really? how much I hate needles. But when this thing's available to me, I'm like, just like you. Come on, what you got? Give it to me. I'm ready. Let's go. All right, let's jump in. We got a lot to talk here. about today. Is, it, is the lights different in here? Uh, I don't no, know. Maybe normal. just Amber. Maybe. Amber brings the sunshine. <laughs> I can't even well, see you in here. <laughs> and, and by the way, we didn't get a chance to say happy birthday to Amber. She had a birthday earlier this week. I think that was the day that we weren't on the air. It was our, uh, the game day. But happy birthday to you. Yeah. Amber. Yay. Go Cowboys. <laughs> yeah. It was a great birthday. Yeah. But okay. Thank you. So we're going to jump in uh, real quick before we uh, have Bucky join us. We, it's our normal hit with Bucky Brooks today uh, where we'll talk a little bit about the Cincinnati offense. Before we do that, though, I do want to get some updates on some injuries. Um, we got Anthony Brown. We got Donovan Wilson, who all missed the game last week. And also Tyler Biotish, who has who has not played for several weeks, uh, but Mike McCarthy did have a little update uh, on him yesterday. Let's uh, let's hear what's going on with Anthony Brown first. Uh, Nick, what do we know about Anthony Brown at this point? Well, I mean, he's got obviously dealing with the ribs injury, uh, and and that's an injury that that kept him out. I guess three games earlier this season so uh that's kind of I, I wouldn't know if it's a lingering problem but you know anytime you have that twice in one year I, i'm sure that's probably related so uh i think he's going to be uh limited this week uh i don't i don't remember i honestly don't remember what mccarthy said about him yesterday so i i, I would imagine though at this point in the season though they're going to err on the side of caution for everything um and i can go look that up. maybe maybe dave heard that i don't know i don't know exactly what if anthony brown's status but i would imagine he's going to just work his way back in i would be surprised if he plays really okay i would be yeah after being out and then after missing yeah especially out. on such a short week yeah hi dave hey dave you there yeah hey can y'all hear me yeah I'm we can sorry. hear you yeah, yeah can y'all can. hear me yeah Okay. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, on such a short week, I think, you know, they didn't practice yesterday. It was an estimation. But AB might be able to go against the Ravens, and he obviously didn't. 
they're working on right now. That would kind of surprise me, especially this late in the season. So we'll see. We'll see what it looks like when they get on the field. But I'm not super optimistic. And Tyler Biotish is technically he's still on IR, I believe. Like the thing McCarthy said about him is that he's got a good shot to start practicing, but he's not going to play on Sunday. What about Donovan Wilson? You know, we'll we'll see on him. Cool question. I, I think the fact that they didn't put him on IR last week, which means that could have been one game. This is two games, so that gives me a that gives me thought that maybe he he can play this week again. It was all an estimation of what of what they said, but I, I would imagine that that Donovan Wilson would have a shot to play in this game, and yeah. he's one of those young guys that. You know, I think that he needs to keep playing as, as much as you can. Now, I'm not saying rushing back from injury, but he, he would be a guy that you'd like to see more of. And obviously this week uh, you're probably not uh, – well, I don't know, maybe you are a little bit concerned with, with the team that they're facing. It's probably not a team that you would think has a, a juggernaut of an offense, but they do have some receiving threats uh, that you'd probably want to be a little bit cautious of. And with that, we will bring in our guy – Bucky Brooks of NFL Network, presented by Texaco with Techron. Bucky, welcome to the show. We're gonna. Okay, well, tell you what. Let's. Uh, I think they're getting him queued up, and uh, and we'll jump right you into were just that. Ready that, to go, but, to Bucky. I know. I was just gonna go straight to him, but I should have told our producer that. Um, but we'll we'll get to that in just a second. I, as I was mentioning, and I'll I'll actually ask you this question, Nick. You look at this game, and and you look at the fact that they got some. Pretty good receivers. Tyler Boyd last week has a 72-yard touchdown. Mm-hmm. Um, and you got T. Higgins. Like, they got guys at the receiver position. Their quarterback's out. So they may not have the trigger man that you would want, but they still could be dangerous against a defense that is, by all accounts, just not uh, hitting on all cylinders when it comes to giving up big plays. Yeah, that's fair. Not get, not on all cylinders. Uh, yeah, I mean, it doesn't take much to, to, to make big plays. On, the, on this team. I mean, we've seen it all year long. I mean, guys, quarterbacks and receivers and running backs that you don't think are that good turn into really good, good, you know, good performances against the Cowboys. That's just the sign of a bad defense, and that's kind of where they are. So, uh, yeah, they don't have Burrow. I don't think they have Mixon. Yeah, they don't. He's on IR. It'll be someone's time to shine, you know. On Somebody one, will step up. One, of the, one other side of the ball, you know, maybe the Cowboys can make some plays. I mean, maybe this is a, their get right game, but. I'm at the point where, again, I don't care who the opponent is because we see the same results regardless, basically. But I'm at the point where, okay, from now on, I'm looking at every game to evaluate every single player individually, looking into next year. And I know they're still trying to compete and trying to hopefully make it to the playoffs and all that, but if we're being realistic here, that's probably very unlikely so if they're not going to sit out some of the veteran guys some of the starters and let some of the younger guys play then this is the time to really start figuring out who you're going to keep next year so now we're joined by bucky brooks of nfl network presented by texaco with techron bucky let's start where we normally start uh, this is not a team that the Cowboys play very often. So why is just he so give... happy? Why are you so happy right now? Why are you smiling so much? <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. Here's what we're gonna do, Bucky. Tell us what the greatest weakness and the greatest strength of the Cincinnati offense, knowing that those two guys that we talked about, Burrow and Mixon, are both out at this point. 
Yeah, I mean, Burr and Mix in our house, so we changed the dynamic a little bit, but it's still a very, very talented group of playmakers on the outside. Tyler Boyd is a monster. Um, he's a guy that can control, and he has really stepped into that number one wide receiver role in spite of A.J. Green's presence. Uh, T. Higgins has been a revelation for them, taken in the second round. He has played uh, lights out for them, and A.J. Green is still uh, on the perimeter, but he's nowhere near the player that he once was. But they have some dangerous weapons, and now their quarterback, Brandon Allen, has done a decent job of getting the ball out. Uh, but it's a different team because if Joe Burrow and the Bengals come, if, if it's Joe Burrow and the Bengals, it's a different uh, expectation. But this team is still dangerous because we've seen other teams that I've set up here and said, hey, they're not dangerous, they don't have any playmakers. And then lo and behold, the Washington football team and the New York Giants find ways to move the ball. And so um, I think this is a game where the Cowboys should try and keep it simple on defense and just allow their talent to overwhelm the Bengals. I know that every game, I mean, both teams go out to compete and try to win a football game, regardless of the scenarios. But looking at what's currently happening and where the Bengals are currently standing and the Cowboys where they're at right now, I mean, what are your expectations as far as what to expect from both teams in a game like this? Well, in a game like this, um, you know, front offices may be interested in seeing what you have, but I think both coaching staffs want to win. Zach Taylor has not won a lot of games in Cincinnati. He doesn't want to continue to take these L and stack them up on his resume. Uh, he may be fighting for his coaching life, so he's going to have his team ready to play. I think in Dallas with Coach McCarthy and this group, like you have to figure out a way to just get this group going. Um, offensively, defensively, special teams have been a lot of errors. And so you just want to see if you can accomplish having a clean football game. And so there's still a lot to play for. I know with Dallas, things look bleak in terms of the playoff picture, but you just never know. I think you have to hang a W on the board and just kind of see how it plays out. But this has to be a game where they play with a level of urgency that maybe we haven't seen to this point. And I wonder if we will ever see from this group. Hey, Bucky, you, I mean, you mentioned if, if there's something to feel good about the Bengals' offense, it's probably their receivers. You know, Higgins seems like a good pick, obviously Boyd. But, um, like, Brandon Allen, I mean, it seems like he's going to be the guy. Is he capable of getting them the ball? Has he been doing that during his opportunities? Yeah, I mean, they, they've been a feisty and competitive team. Like, it hasn't been like they've been absolutely embarrassed on the perimeter. I give Zach Taylor credit for that. He's gotten the group to play hard. They they kind of buy into his methods, and the playmakers on the outside have taken advantage of it. Now, the difference was when Joe Burrow was in there, it was more empty formation, more dink and dunk at the ball into the pans of the playmakers and let them work. Brandon Allen certainly isn't on Burrow's level, but he doesn't have the biggest arm, and so he does rely on the short passing game to allow T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd and some of their other playmakers to uh, have their way on the perimeter. Dave, you were supposed to ask about the LSU quarterback and when he was out, and then with Arkansas quarterbacks in there, I get to ask the question because really the question I was going to ask is how's this guy in the league? <laughs> I mean, how's he in the league? I didn't like him when he was at Arkansas, and how's he starting? Like, I can't believe this guy's starting. You know, no, nobody from Arkansas has ever started a game against the Cowboys in like the last forty years. Wow, a quarterback. Yeah. And so I just don't understand how Brandon wow. Allen is. So I was going to, I mean, I was going to ask about him. Like, can he hurt this team at all? But you kind of already asked all that. But what about the running back? How about I that? Mean, I mean, go ahead. I mean, Giovanni, Giovanni Bernard is a change of pace back. He's not ideally suited to be 
in the lead role, but he is dangerous, and he's dangerous in, in the way that they've utilized him coming out of the backfield. When we think about the linebackers, Jalen Smith and Leighton Van Esch and even Sean Lee, you don't necessarily want to put those guys in one-on-one matchups in space. We've seen how that has turned out. And so I would say that Giovanni is as dangerous as some of the guys that we've seen have success. Devontae Freeman had a little level of success with the Giants. Uh, we saw Antonio Gibson and those guys from the Washington football team have success. And so I think you certainly have to put your eyes on him and make sure um, that you know where he is. But Man, I, I think anytime you get gutted for 294 yards on the ground, any and everybody believes that they have a 100-yard day on the horizon. And so this is going to be a tough team because when the Cincinnati Bengals look at the film and they look at the way they've been able to run the ball, teams have been able to run the ball, they feel like just like Cowboys, hey, this is a get-right game. The Bengals are chalking this up as, hey, this is a get-right game for our offense. We have an op- opportunity to do some stuff. So this is going to be a much tougher game than we may think about it as it looks on the surface. There have been a lot of conversations, Bucky, over the last day or so um, where after following the game against the Ravens where uh, people have been asking the question, is the problem with the Dallas defense a player problem? Is it a scheme problem? Is it a coaching problem? Uh, We saw a lot of things in that game, and I'll give you one. Uh, We were talking yesterday about on the big 37-yard touchdown run how basically Dallas goes zero coverage. They've got a safety down in the box playing linebacker. Uh, or at the linebacker spot there in the middle. Uh, and they've got all guys manned up on, on the outside, which just screams to, I'm sure, Lamar Jackson, I'm running the ball because the secondary is not going to be much of a help here. Those kind of schematic things certainly point out that there's issues maybe with scheme. But Mike McCarthy says at this point we're too far down the road to think this is a scheme problem. Where do you see it? Is this a scheme is problem? Is this a player problem? Or is this a coaching problem? It's all of the above. It's everything. And I feel bad because I feel like I got duped. I feel like when I looked at some of the players that were brought in over the summer, I was like, man, this guy's going to be a good player. I can see him fitting. Uh, Understanding Mike Nolan, having talked to him and knowing what he wanted to play, I thought that he would have a scheme that would really fit the vision of how they wanted to play. And then just the coaching, I thought there would be a level of development that we saw from the young players, even though in the pandemic or whatever, that this team would gradually get better. And I was wrong, wrong, wrong on all aspects. I think what you have is you have a coach who, look, is married to his scheme and he wants to play a certain way. But right now, the talent doesn't fit his vision of the team. You have players who don't really trust in the scheme. And if for whatever reason... In a two-year period, I've seen guys regressed in a level that I've never really seen before. Guys don't understand how to read blockers. Guys are overrunning plays. They're not staying in their gaps. The effort has been inconsistent. And so it's just been disappointing in all areas. And I think it's highlighted and magnified by the fact that you look at the division rivals, the Washington football team and the New York Giants football team, that we would like to say are lesser talents but are playing better and are legitimately trending up where they're beating teams that we would say they shouldn't knock off just because they play hard and they do exactly what is expected of them. I think this is indictment on on every aspect, and I think this has to be one where you have serious conversations in the offseason about how you go forward. Well, we've kind of lost hope. Most of us have lost hope on the Cowboys' defense, and we know for sure that they cannot be trusted. So... I want to ask you about the Cowboys' offense and looking at the matchup there against the defense from the Bengals. Is this a game where, whether it's through the running game or the passing game, is this a game where we will be able to see the Cowboys finally get to the end zone more than they've done so far? 
You know, I, I felt like the game plan that they utilized against the Ravens was a pretty solid one. Uh, there were only a handful of occasions that I thought Kellen Moore kind of forgot who he was coaching in terms of, like, the way they need to play. I think it has to continue to be a mix of Zeke and Tony Pollard uh, running the football. I think the quick rhythm passing game that they utilize against the Ravens will be effective against Cincinnati because Cincinnati likes to dial up the pressure. You'll see some cover zero looks which will give C.D. Lamb and Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup opportunities to make plays. Um, I think the same game, game plan could work. I think the big thing is when you play the style that Dallas has had to play of late, which is a little more conservative, a little more complimentary, you got to get contributions from the special teams. You got the big return from Tony Pollard, but man, Zerline has to knock down the field goals when they get into scoring range because when you don't, the margin for error is so thin that it's deflating when those things aren't converted into points. I, I hate to put the big picture when you were answering Derek's question. That's that's what I want to talk about. I don't want to talk about this. You mentioned like what you, you, know, you mentioned having hard conversations in the off season, you know, this on the spot too much. I mean, how hard of a fix is it a new coordinator are there i mean can one draft class of decent defending players and some free agents fix this i mean how how deep of a hole do you think this is i think this is a huge hole now that we've seen it play out it's a huge hole because you have to look at your team in comparison to the teams in the division and you have to build your team to beat your division rivals the Giants and the Washington football team did two things that stand out. They're big and physical in the trenches on both sides of the ball, and they're playing a physical style that will really exploit you if you don't embrace that. So now if you're the Cowboys, you have to make a decision, and the first linchpin is obviously what do you decide to do with Dak Prescott? Because you can decide to go all in on Dak Prescott, build up the offense, meaning draft an offensive tackle, add another offensive lineman, go with this offense and say that we're going to put 30 on everybody coming out the gate, be young on defense and play a simple scheme that allows you to play that way. If you stay with Mike Nolan, I don't think that is possible because his scheme doesn't necessarily allow young players to come in and play fast right away. Then it's about what key playmakers can you bring in to help this? Because when I look at this team, and most teams have to have three defensive playmakers that are dominant to play at a high level. Well, who are the three defensive playmakers in Dallas? We can say Demarcus Lawrence, we'll give you that. But who else is a guy that we can say is a blue player? Right now, Jalen Smith hasn't played that way. Leighton Vander Esch hasn't played their way. There's no one in the secondary that we could count on that. We could say that Trayvon Diggs is maybe an emerging player, but without playmakers, it's hard to succeed in this league unless you play a simple scheme, one that was utilized a couple years ago when you had Rod Marinelli and Chris Richard that allowed young guys to run around and play fast. And so if you don't do that, it has to be the talent, and I don't know if you can acquire enough talent in one offseason to get them up to snuff. Uh, Bucky, this is kind of a – this could be a tough question to answer, So, but you don't have to name, like, names or anything. But have you – has it ever been your experience that you get this late in the season and you, you said the Bengals, this could be a get-right game, the Cowboys could be a good get-right game. There's some fan bases out there that don't necessarily want them to get right. Maybe do you have you ever experienced even in the organization the scouting department? It's like this is a big game when it turn in, in terms of the draft pick. Have you ever noticed that with like scouts may want one thing, coaches may want another? Have you ever experienced that? 
Yeah, the, the, the outlier in this, um, from a Cowboys vantage point, is there's still hope that you can win the division. You're two games out, you have four games to go, but two of those games against division rivals. And so it, looking at the other schedules, those teams could lose and give you a chance to maybe backdoor into the postseason. So from an optimistic standpoint, you're like, well, man, let's win out and let's just kind of see where it is. But if you don't have that hanging in the balance, absolutely, when you're assessing your needs and what you want, you don't want to fall out of play. And so for the Bengals, I mean, Zach Taylor may want to play hard, but Duke Tobin and those guys are like, hey, if we finish with a top three pick, it gives us options because we not only may get a chance to get a blue chip player, but we can trade it off. If you're Dallas sitting at four right now, um, if the division goes away, you don't want to fall too far out where you miss out on a pick that can immediately help the team. So whether that is an offensive tackle, whether that is the quarterback, if you say that that's, you're going to go that route, you don't want to fall back where now you're out of the high cot and you can't get an elite player. If I'm going to go through all of the struggles of not being good, I want something at the end of the rainbow that is going to reward us to give us an opportunity to be a dominant team going forward. So, yeah, I can see that. It's hard to say, hey, I'm a root against my squad, but I can see where you would want your team to lose to give yourself the best opportunity to upgrade the team in the future. Yeah, and the interesting thing here is if you look at it, the Cowboys have, they don't have a single game left on the schedule, I don't think, against a team with a winning record. Now, they are bad, and so it's, it's hard to assume that they're going to win four in a row, even against bad teams. But that's the part that certainly makes people who are kind of thinking, like, should, should they be playing for something? Like, yeah, they have to keep playing it out because that's what's on their schedule, and those other teams that are two games ahead of them right now don't have that kind of benefit. They have teams that are actually pretty good on their schedule that are left. Yeah, it's funny, yeah. Derek, like, I mean, no one expected Washington and New York to win last weekend. Right. Because that changes the equation. Because if they lose, then you're sitting here, hey, we're one game back. All we have to do is win. And you probably didn't chalk up the Baltimore Ravens game as a win. But because they won, it changes the way that you look at it. But you do have to say these are four winnable games on the schedule because they're all losing teams. If we can find our way and find our identity and somehow find a way to get hot, which is hard after 12 games, <laughs> there's still a possibility that you can get a T-shirt and a hat at the end of it. So you right. still have to sell that hope to your team and to your fan base because we've seen crazier things happen in this league. It's just hard to be optimistic when you visually saw the Baltimore gut the Cowboys for 294 yards, and you're saying that they probably could have run for 400 if Greg Roman didn't decide to pass at all. Yeah, yeah, it was. A, it's just one of those really, really, really weird situations when you're looking at the NFC East and looking at the Cowboys. Hey, Bucky, we appreciate you joining us. We'll have you back tomorrow. We'll get into the Cincinnati offense versus the Cowboys defense. That was Bucky Brooks of NFL Networks presented by Texaco with Techron. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we've talked about the Cowboys defense, and they're on pace to give up more yards uh, than any Cowboys defense in the history of the franchise. If you had to rank the levels of the defense from best to worst, how would you rank them? And what will be the toughest part to repair? That's what I'm going to ask these guys when we come back. This is DallasCowboys.com Radio. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. 
Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. Since 1865, Stetson hats are American-made with pride right here in Texas. And Stetson is proud to be on the field with America's team. Want to show your Texas and team pride, too? You can. By purchasing your own Stetson, you can look just like how the flag guys do on field at every home game. Stetson Hats, the official crown of all self-respecting Cowboys and your favorite football team. Get yours today at shop.dallascowboys.com or at stetson.com. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. AT&T continues to innovate new ways to connect Cowboys Nation with new and exciting game day experiences, including Starview, presented by AT&T 5G. Available in stadium and for home use, download the Dallas Cowboys mobile app and look for Starview under the Stadium tab. Welcome back to The Break, presented by Geico, live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Uh, I have some questions for you guys. We're going to talk about the Cowboys defense and the Cowboys special teams. We didn't get a chance to talk about special teams earlier this week after the game. So I do have a question for you guys on that. But let's start first with the defense. I teased up before we we went to break um, the idea that obviously we know this defense is bad. But if right now you had to rank the different levels of the defense, defensive line, linebacker, and secondary, how would you rank them as, relatively speaking, best to worst? Let's start with you, Dave. Best to worst, linebackers, defensive line, and and secondary. So I think this is the classic case. You know, Nick and I argue a lot about whether or not you grade on a curve or not because I just in terms of, like, the talent level and what they've done is probably the secondary, you know, going all the way back to the offseason. You know, they don't have any playmakers back there. Trayvon Diggs is like and, – and maybe Donovan Wilson are the only guys that – you really even maybe want to be on this team moving forward, and they've given up a lot of plays. Having said that, it's the linebackers. The linebackers are the absolute worst thing about this defense because they were supposed to be a strength. They were, you know, it was a year ago that we were talking about them maybe being the best unit in the NFL. Leighton, Jalen, Sean Lee as like the best third linebacker in the NFL. Jalen's on a $70 million contract. Layton's a first-round pick, and they're bad. They're very bad. The run defense is terrible. And so, I mean, not only are they not good, but it's extra disappointing on top of that because they were supposed to be a strength, and they're not. So I would say linebackers first, definitely, easily. So you're saying that the worst? Yes. Okay, so the way I interpret that, you're saying defensive line best, then secondary, then linebackers. 
Yeah, I think so. That's probably fair. All right. And to be clear, that doesn't mean that I think the defensive line is good. Yeah, it's all You're relative. asking me to rank three it's bad things. Yeah. It's all relative. All right, Amber, yeah. which way do you go? Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm on the same page as Dave with the whole thing. Like, to me, I think the linebackers are currently the worst because these are starter guys. These are guys that you expect them. Again, same as Dave's point. And the difference is, well, not the difference, but every time I look at plays, I cannot help myself, and I'm not trying to bash on Jalen Smith, but it's inevitable for you to not notice him, but in a bad way. Like, he is really, really bad. He is so slow. I cannot tell. I mean, some of the defensive linemen, you see them running faster than Jalen Smith right now. And the difference with Layton, yes, he's not making plays, but at the same time, he still has the athleticism. He still has some energy to him and, and the ability to run and run fast. But I would say linebackers and then the secondary. It, 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 I would want to say the defensive line because of the talent there, but I can't help talk about the secondary and how bad they've been at just allowing receivers to make so many plays and just you notice all the separation between the secondary players and the the receivers it's it's so bad so uh yeah same page on that as dave i would say all right nick i mean it's ter- it's this is hard i mean because they're all, they're all bad right now they're all bad i would probably say the worst well, how'd you ask the question? What's the best? Best to worst. God. Best to worst between the three units just, or three uh, levels. Just just like the ball goes, D-line, linebacker, DB. Maybe. It's you say tough. DB's worse. Yeah, D, definitely the worst. I almost said linebacker is the best, but it's they're the same. I mean, who's making a play? Yeah. Who? Nobody makes a play. And you could say that about the linebackers like because they have – Guys that you expected to make plays, but we expect the defensive lineman to make plays too. We expect D, D Law to have more than three and a half sacks. I think he's had three sacks in a game before, so yeah. you expect him to to play better than that. And um, it's just across the board, but it's got to be secondary at the back because yeah. they they just haven't done anything. But you know, I, I will say this: I mean, if you on a bad unit, an overall bad unit, and three levels that are all bad. I started looking at well, which ones have at least given me some moments, given me some flash plays. Linebacker is probably the only unit that I'm like, I can't really recall a lot of plays that they've made. You look at some of the stuff that you've gotten from Donald Wilson. You look at some of the plays you've gotten from uh, from Diggs. Secondary's given you a couple plays. They've been bad. Don't get me wrong. All of them have been bad, but they've given you a couple plays. Tank Lawrence has given you some plays this season. You've had some moments with Gallimore where you're like, oh, okay, I see a little something. Tristan Hill, same thing. Linebackers, once again, I, I don't recall a lot of plays being made by the linebackers. So that's why it, it puts me back to, like, I think the linebackers have just performed they, the worst because they have, they're have they not making enough plays. The ironic part is, though, the one play that they made, one of the plays, they both the two starting linebackers both didn't make a play on that, that same play. It was an interception by Jalen against Washington. Yeah. And then it took about four days to get down to the end zone. If if Leighton would have turned around and blocked seventeen, <laughs> they didn't even make a play on the play. They didn't made. even make a play on the play. Now Leighton did did hit Carson Wentz and force a fumble there, and that true, was a pretty true. nice play. Yeah, that was a nice play. That's it. Yeah, I was gonna bring that one That's up. It. Yeah, okay. That's it. I can't think of another one. That was a good one. In how many games? 
Where are we right now? We're definitely at, at twelve. At t- yeah, it's it's been a minute. Well, They've had opportunities. And Leighton's Leighton's been back since what? Philly? Well, I mean, Leighton missed like five games. He's been back for a while though. Okay, so here's I'll change the question a little bit. Based upon what you just said, which is the easiest and which is the hardest to fix? Let's start first with you, Nick. Um, easiest to fix? Coaching. Because <laughs> uh, that's, mm. well, well, that's well, basically just, one person that well, you're well, Just fire him and you start over, you're good. Well, that's the person that's going to – yeah, those people are going to try to fix it, of course. That, that's how you, you start. But, yeah. but from a personnel standpoint, um, I, don't, I don't know if you could really answer that on, because – and I've said this before. Whenever they they're drafting in the first round, like I got asked this yesterday, what position do they take? And I said they take BA. That's what they take. They take the best badass. available. No, no, <laughs> not best available. The badass. Yeah. And if he's a middle linebacker, okay. If he's a deep pass rusher, if he's a defensive tackle, safety, I don't care. Whoever the badass is that's sitting right there in defense for them, that's who they take. And so that is how you fix that position, and then. I don't know. I don't know how to answer that. What's the best? I just think you got to take the best badass defensive player you can take, and then then you got to see where you can go from there. I don't know. Do you know which one you would think is the hardest to fix? Um, secondary, because those guys don't typically just jump right in and and start playing immediately. The best, you know, I would I would say secondary. I don't know. You've got me on these two questions. I don't. I'm not answering them well. <laughs> I feel like I'm back in high school again. I just I don't know. You're well, you testing, know, Derek does well send the rundown before the show, so he gives you some time to look at it and think good. about it a little wow. bit. That's a good point. I only got to wow. page two. Oh wow! And, and okay. I didn't, I didn't Sorry. see page three and four. I lost my. It was stapler. actually short today. It was actually <laughs> pretty short know, today. All right, Amber, what you got? Easiest and hardest to fix. Easiest. Um, I would say the easiest would be the D line because of the talent there. I. I Yes, they they are not at the level we all expected them to be, but I still believe that there is talent there. And with just, I don't know what the easy fixes will be, but if you get it right, I do believe that they can perform at a way better level than what we've seen so far. The hardest would probably be the secondary because you don't really, um, what was the name that you guys use in English? Uh, player by committee type of, oh, is yeah. that? It, it's like that whole same mentality that we had last year, or when was it with the receivers that mm-hmm. we were just, let's see, let's try out everyone. That's how I feel that the secondary is right now. There's no one except for Trevon Diggs that you know he's going to be a guy that's going to turn into a starter and be a great player for the Cowboys, or at least that's the expectation. Other than that, looking at the guys that are veterans that are going to become free agents and all that, you don't really have the talent right there. So I think that that's going to be the hardest because you need to find so many different bodies to replace what you don't have right now, even though you have bodies, but you don't have the talent. Dave, easiest and hardest to replace or fix. All right, well, let's let's get hardest out of the way because that's the easy one, and it's linebacker because you're you're saddled with a huge mm-hmm. contract that you can't get away from very easily. And, I mean, you just you have to find a way to fix Jalen Smith. I mean, I, you, whatever. That's, that's somebody's problem. Make him a viable player or find a way away from that contract. For that matter, 
you know, Leighton, Leighton has been, he's had ups and downs. He's been fine. But again, that's, I mean, that's a sizable, I know, you know, rookie contracts aren't huge, but that's a sizable contract for a guy that isn't playing amazing. So that's, that's the big problem. And then I would say easiest after that, people are going to laugh. It's probably the secondary, in my opinion, because you have a starting cornerback in Trayvon Diggs that you feel pretty good about. You're going to have a high draft pick that you could theoretically use on a defensive back, maybe. Um, and, I, you know, people are going to laugh because, like, me and Amber have been whining for years. They don't draft safety. But this team has fielded um, good defenses without elite secondaries before. Like, they haven't had that, and they've still managed to piece together some decent defenses. So you draft a few guys, you sign a, a free agent, like, you can – piece together a competent secondary the thing that worries me is dallas like good at at evaluating defensive linemen drafting them developing them because with the exception of demarcus lawrence their track record says no um in the time that i've been here you know i got here right after like demarcus ware and anthony spencer were pretty damn formidable in the time that I've been here, they haven't really had like this terrifying pass rush. They've tried to piece it together. You know, they've had some minor hits in free agency, like Jeremy Mincy and Terrell McLean. Robert uh, Robert Quinn was great for a year, but like Tyro was a disaster. Malik Collins never really worked out the way that you wanted it to. We'll see about Tristan Hill and Neville Gallimore, but like in the time that I've been here, this team has not fielded a great. And they've put a lot of resources into it. So that kind of concerns me that I don't want to say they don't know what they're doing, but that's a spot where their track record is. Um, it's not inspiring when you think about the fact that they've got to add some talent to that group. Yeah, I don't know if I agree with that all the way. I mean, obviously, Taco was a disaster. We know that they didn't get out of that what they expected. But you look back and again the interesting part is you got to look at the history even a little bit longer than than maybe the time that you've been here Dave because it's been the same people making those calls you know McClay has been around for a long time although Siskowski was the the head guy for a minute basically it still came back to Jerry and Steven and and you look at just the the last I don't know 15 20 years they've had a lot of hits on the defensive line I think um, and I, I think Taco obviously was the the outlier there I don't think Malik Collins was a bust I don't think maybe you got exactly what you wanted out of him, but I don't think he was a bust. I think he was a, a decent player, decent to average solid player uh, that ended up getting a you know better deal in free agency. So I don't think he was a bust. It was not a taco situation, I would say. Uh, so I don't know if they necessarily have, have shown that they aren't good at that. And I'll put it to you like this. There are some positions where I feel like they're, it's more warranted to say <laughs> they're not really good at evaluating those positions. Safety is one of them, obviously. But I, I just I don't know if well, I agree with that on defensive line. See, okay, but do they are they not good at evaluating safeties, or do they just not try? Like they they don't draft them, and they certainly don't sign them in free agency. Whereas on the defense, like like I'm thinking about it in even more detail now that we're talking about it. The re- like, let's think about the resources that they've put in. Like going all the way back, even free agency. Henry Melton was supposed to be Rod Marinelli's three technique that replaced Jason Hatcher. Didn't really work out. What about Greg Hardy? Another god awful. What about Quinn? Like, is you giving I mean, me those Gary things? Hyde, I, 
Hyder was a good player for them. Don't don't say he wasn't. Hyder was well, a good player. You throw Hyder out, like uh, I mean, oh Hyder. As a guy, that, that, as a guy, the fact that that's your first no, no, name. No, as a guy that was brought in. The fact for the that role, that's your first name kind of proves my point. A guy that was brought in for the role that he was brought in for, I think he did an adequate job for what they were bringing him in to do. Like again, when you're bringing in those kind of guys, those are guys that make you not have to reach in the draft. They're guys that can be steady guys that can give you good reps, and I think Kerry Hyder did that. Did Randy Gregory, we're all rooting for him, but yeah. did he live up to the billing of what they hoped he could be? Can no. I ask Again, a, can maybe I ask he a wasn't a bust, but did Malik Collins live up to what they were hoping he could be? Probably not. If you don't get a second contract with your team as a top 70 pick, I think that's disappointing. I, I just, the track record's not great, in my opinion. We can disagree about it. but yeah. Sorry. yeah, Amber, go ahead. I have Sorry. a question for you. Um, you're a draft guy, you know, you do the draft show and all that, and you look at all these talents. And I feel like with a lot of def these defensive linemen, we always talk about them pretty good. And the way I see it is just like, maybe they're not being coached well. So when you look at these names that you have listed, how do you remember seeing them as before getting into a game here with the Cowboys? Man, that's a that's a fantastic question, and it honestly gets hard to do the longer you do it. Because I mean, shoot, I guess my first my first draft would have been 2014. So I mean, the guys that got drafted back then, I mean, they've been in the league for seven years at this point. Um, and for the most part, you know, like I don't I don't fault them for any of those picks that they made. Um, so. And and for that matter, I mean, Rod Marinelli was the guy coaching him for most of that time. And I don't know, say what you will about Rod, but I trust his ability to coach defensive linemen. So I don't I don't know that I specifically put it on coaching. Maybe. Um, and it, like again, like I don't I don't know. I, I I think the world of Will McClay and his guys. Like I think for the most part, they've done a very 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 good job. But with the exception of Demarcus Lawrence, like there's just not a lot that you feel amazing about in terms of like developing this pass rush. I, I mean, am I crazy for thinking that? No, I mean, I think the results are the results. And quite frankly, you could say that about pretty much every part of this defense right now. Like the, the, this talent is not performing to the level that it's supposed to perform. So from that standpoint, you're absolutely right. I just don't know that I, I see this glaring difference between defensive line picks and how they've performed versus linebackers who we've been talking about or secondary guys we've been talking about or you know you can go down the list on the different positions like there's a lot of positions on this team yeah. that just aren't performing to the pedigree of what you thought they should have when they selected them so again I and and you know as well as anybody else Dave the the draft is a it is a you know you're rolling the dice like you're you hit on 40 percent of your draft and you feel great about it right if you can get that first pick right which you better get yeah. the first pick right everything else you're really betting and and you're hoping the percentages go down the farther you get down the draft so it's a crapshoot and and you just kind of got to see where you go from there and you hope that you can get some hits and you especially hope you can get some hits with guys as you get farther down the draft that are just kind of you know a Dak Prescott that you get in the fourth round to actually turn into a really really great player right all right, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, I do need to get the question in on special teams. We're going to, I'm going to have a couple minutes to do that. <laughs> so we're going to get a quick break. We'll come back. We'll ask about Zerline, and then we'll let you guys go. This is the break. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. 
A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's Green soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizol for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. Back to the break. Don't miss the virtual Christmas extravaganza presented by Albertsons and Tom Thumb. The most electrifying holiday show of the season can be watched on the Dallas Cowboys Facebook and Twitter on December 11th and the 24th at 6 p.m. Central or on demand at dallascowboys.com slash Christmas. Welcome back to the break presented by Geico. Real quick here, before we finish the show, I did need to talk about Greg Zerline. This last game, he missed three of four field goals. He missed a 40-yarder, a 52-yarder, a 53-yarder. 52 and 53 didn't worry me as much as the 40-yarder did. My question for you guys is how concerned are you about the kicker at this point, and I'm more speaking of it long term. Obviously, this season probably doesn't matter a ton, but going forward, has he shown you enough to where you think you may have a kicker, or do you think you got to go back to the well and find a kicker? Let's start first with you, Nick. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily think I've got to go find one. I'm not concerned really at all about what what he did. I'm looking, trying to find his stats here for this year. I mean, I just he missed he missed a 40 yarder. I mean, yeah. that, that's that's bad. He missed a 40 yard kick. Um, I'm telling you, I was down there. I mean, it's it's. I, I had a feeling it was going to be a problem just with the wind. And it's one of the toughest places to kick. And you can look at Justin Tucker. He's exceptional. He is definitely an exceptional he kicker. He's better on the road than he is at home. And he really? missed a, yeah, he missed a kick that day as well. Um, the 250-yarders, I mean, I'd like for him to make one, but I'm not going to I'm not going to judge him by that you know yeah. I, I don't i don't like i don't think you can judge kickers based on what they do strictly on uh, what i do is i judge the coaching staff and the play caller for for what they did if we had more time i i mean i i was just perplexed with some of the things that they did in preparing for those field goals but no i, I don't have a problem with zerline at this point amber i'll make it quick no i don't either i think he just had a bad game that day but uh just in general i still want the cowboys to bring in several guys and see a little competition like they never bring in competition and we've talked about the kick 
kicker position for a few years now and for some reason they just simply don't like doing that in the recent years i don't know why but regardless of the situation every off season i do want to see several kickers out here at training camp kicking it and just going at it dave it's december what 10th and this is the first time we've ever had to talk about greg zerline i think that pretty much sums it up um cold windy night two of the misses are for long range greg didn't blame it on the coaches but they screwed him by taking a delay of game mm -hmm. penalty on the 40 yarder and justin tucker missed from the same distance in the same stadium so he was hitting i think he was hitting 90 percent before tuesday night and i mean it wasn't a good night that's not great if it happens again that's problematic but i'm i'm not worried about it at all right now I I did look at his 50-yard stat. He's one of six. No, he's not great for fit. But by the way, I mean, but but looking at his career, he's last few years five of seven, four of six, six of seven, two of four, three of nine, five of seven. I mean, he's isn't that also? I'm I'm sorry, Nick, to cut you no. off, but like that's the conversation we had for years. Is like awesome, Brett Maher. I'm yeah. so happy you can <laughs> yep. make it from 55. Can I get a guy that can reliably make it from inside of 50? And yeah. by the Which way, Greg Zerline's been doing that. We were having this exact same conversation in training camp because if you remember back in training camp, he was hit, hitting everything below 50 and got past 50 and it was just like, you know, he's just all over the place. Maybe he gets it, maybe he doesn't, but that was where it was like, is he's not great to be on 50, but be, uh, less than 50, he's going to be money. And I personally am a believer that if I can rely on my kicker under 50 yards and I get whatever I get beyond that, to me, I'll take that in today's NFL. And, I, and I'm adding extra points because they're all about the same type of kick. Mm -hmm. He's got 45 kicks this year inside of 40 yards. 45 kicks. He's 41 of 45. Two of those have been blocked. Yep. Don't know if it's low kicks or just bad blocking. But so really it misses. It's, you know, 41 of 43. One extra point and then that miss. That's not not bad. I'm okay with that. I'll Can we it. just get the Cowboys to convert on third downs and, yeah. I don't know, maybe right. make it to the end zone, get in the red zone for once in a while? And quite frankly, if you're kicking a 50-plus <laughs> yard field goal, in my opinion, in those kind of instances, I think you're at the part of the field where you should be able to. Now, their defense is bad, so that, that changes the complexion of the conversation, but you should be in the part of the field where you feel good about going for it on fourth down in those instances and, and converting a good percentage of those. So right. I just think all 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 things considered, I think he's been fine. I don't I don't get worried too much about this last game. All right, we appreciate you guys joining us. We'll be back on tomorrow. We'll talk about the Cincinnati defense versus the Cowboys offense. Till then for Nick Eatman, Dave Helm and Amber Garcia, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been the break live on DallasCowboys.com radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?